Welcome everyone to this new episode of the Women in Technology Spotlight. Today I have with me Sigrid. She is the co-founder of Job Twins. Welcome Sigrid. Thank you very much. I'm very happy to be here. Thanks. I'm really happy to have you with me. Before we start talking about Job Twins, tell me a little bit about yourself. I'm 43 years old. I have two children. They are four and six years old right now. I'm living in Vienna with my husband and yeah, well, that's basically it. Well, that's quite a lot already. So you are a working mom. You're also, you're also a founder of a company and the company's name is Job Twins and Job Twins is about job sharing. Tell me a little bit about why you founded this company, what it's about and what you do. So I have to reach back a little bit in time because it all came up during my second pregnancy with my daughter. It's about four years ago and we went into an epidemic and we all went home and I was having thoughts about, you know, being a working mom and having children and being on part-time work because before that I had my son and I, I was working in a big enterprise and when I went back after our uh, maternity leave it lasted one year for me I chose to take one year off and I went back for part-time work and there I realized that my career chances were not as and good as they had been before and with my second child I was thinking more about how it is to be at home how it is to be mom for two kids and how it would be to be back at work and I was thinking a lot and I had I actually started to create a blog and a pot also for how to have a part-time career and how it would be for parents. So I had my focus on parents, also on dads, but it was very hard to come by <laughs> some uh, part-time dads. And I was asking these guys how they actually coped with work and their uh, family life because I didn't actually see that it's not possible to have part-time work and a career. And I'm speaking about a real career, you know, not just having my job back, but also be really part of the working environment and to also be promoted and to earn more money and to, you know, just be seen at the workplace because it happened that I went back to my workplace in admittedly uh, not very many hours, but I just had the feeling that I wasn't seen anymore anyhow. So I just chose to be more mom than the end. I just felt that it's not like I wanted to be. This is a bit sad and shocking, but I think it's also something that a lot of women experience when they get pregnant and have their kids. I feel that women are penalized when they decide to start a family in a way that men are not. You said you tried to find men and obviously there weren't a lot who did part-time work. And this is something we also, it's not just what you described that women all of a sudden are not seen anymore they also have this impact in terms of how much money they make in the course of their lives because there is something called the the pregnancy penalty, motherhood penalty motherhood penalty thank you yeah and so it's not just that you don't get interesting projects anymore it's also that you lose money for having kids and and you know promoting the future of the society, basically. So sorry for interrupting, but I just, it, that just popped up in my mind. And so, okay, this was your situation. You were pregnant again. You were thinking about what to do next and what happened. When I had my own podcast and asked a lot of women how they actually made their career in part-time, 
I also got interested in new ways of work. So we are all talking a lot about new work and how we are going to work in the future and future of work. And it's not just remote work, which is new ways of working, but it's also flexible working environments, let's say. And it's not just ours. It's also the entire framework in which we work and where we are actually productive and effective and how. And I started a, a small mini series on my podcast and there I met Kathy, Kathy Miller. She had already started a platform which was called Job Twinner at that time. And she was focusing on job sharing as a solution for part-time people who just wanted to continue their career path it was not just you know some frivolous idea but it, it's actually a means of how to continue your career even though you have you know life cycle question times during your life where you have more or less work time sorry at hand you know for your work and it's just when it's i'm, I'm sure you are aware of this life cycle theory where you I'm actually not. <laughs> I'm actually not. And <laughs> I, I want to also ask a question because maybe it's not as, as uh, clear to everyone. What exactly is job sharing? Because I, I what I understand is that there's maybe one or two people that share the job with you. And I think there is a correlation with how many hours you want to work at a certain point in time, right? Yeah, sorry, I should have started with that. That's true. So well, actually, Job sharing is the principle that two people are sharing one job. You know, fully when it comes to responsibilities, roles and targets, objectives, and also like bonuses and everything, it's all shared in correlation with the hours invested. So if it's a very easy calculation, you have two people, both work only 20 hours. And they fulfill these, these 40 hours, that is the role. It's not that easy because it's very rare that there are two people wanting to work 20 hours and they both, you know, choose exactly the other days that one person is here and not there. And so it's, it's a little bit more complicated. And during our research and our work now results in not even one model is the same as the other. Yeah, it's people are combining whatever combination of hours. It's like 25 and 25 or it's 20 and 25 or even two full-time roles where full-time people are sharing one role because it's just a very big one. If you have, let's say, a leadership role with a lot of people on your team, it is sometimes shared. So if people can focus on their strengths and um, what they're really good at and what they like doing. And so they share the entire responsibility for the team and for the job in one role as a co-lead, for example. Okay, I understand. It sounds very interesting, but also very complex. And I also feel that our uh, work environment isn't ready for this. So what is your experience? I mean, I, I can totally see how this would be beneficial, especially for women. And if you have kids and you don't want to work 20 hours and still have a career, I absolutely understand that. But how do companies make that happen? Because I see so many complex issues here and not necessarily within the company, but also within our work legal system. Well, actually, 
from the legal system, it's the easiest part. Really? <laughs> Everyone just receives their working contract as it is. You just mm -hmm. have your part-time working contract. And it's no hindrance at all that it's just shared. So from a legal point of view, it's very easy, except for the case you have a procura. I don't know the word in English right now. When um, you're the person who is uh, allowed to sign for contracts and things, right? Exactly. That's the or it's, no, I actually don't know any, any very difficult situations legally. It's, mm -hmm. as you said, it's more from an administrative or especially from a personal point of view where the complexity begins, because not every person is actually fit and able to work in the job sharing model. Why? Because it's a very, very close working relationship you have. So the most important thing with job sharing is the personality and the value ideas of the two people. I mean, job sharing is also possible between three people, for example, but it's, it's even more complicated, a huh? <laughs> more complex. So let's start with the two people version. Mm -hmm. And you're just a micro team. So you are responsible for also the mistakes the others, the other person make makes. So this is a quite close relationship you have. And if you do not share a certain set of values, a, a certain way of working, you know, what is important for you to do to have this job done, then it won't work. And of course, there is not a lot of space for ego. So if you are a person who really likes to be on spotlight, really likes to be, you know, like admired for their work and really likes to celebrate their own successes, then you probably will not be a very happy job sharer. And that is why I think there are a lot of uh, a lot more women uh, succeeding in the model. I hope I don't um, offend. No, I, I, I would, I, that would have been my next question. I feel, because I feel that what you describe, I mean, this cooperative approach that you have to work together, that you have to work together closely, that you have to put, leave your ego at the door, that you have to mm -hmm. be willing to share success. I feel that is something that you find in more, women then I know you shouldn't generalize but there's a different approach to solving issues between men and women women and women tend to be more cooperative and that's something that has been studied and I feel that could be reflected in why more women are interested in job sharing I think that's one of the reason another reason I do see is that we still live in a society where childcare is predominantly female exactly so I'm um, the first examples of job sharing certainly happened by accident mm -hmm. due to the fact that there was a company and the company had two mothers coming back from their maternity leaves and they had kind of a similar professional background and then they said something like ah why shouldn't those two women mothers do the job shouldn't they do the job together mm -hmm. and I feel and I heard also a lot of people saying oh come on this this is a very old model We have heard about situations like that years ago or decades ago already, but these were just happenings kind of per accident. And what we are actually aiming for at Job Twins is to have the model available for many more people. And I consciously mm -hmm. say people because I think there are a lot of men who are also very collaborative, but it's, you know, how we work nowadays we have the men you know in the management positions and they are all like ego people and we all we all say you need to be like this and that in order to become a ceo mm -hmm. or 
you know, a manager and we have our ideas and our biases how a manager should look like and it's not shared and Mm -hmm. it's not like we do that together we can work in teams that's fine but we always need a leader and we just don't feel like we have two leaders where should we go you know where should we head to if we have a problem and it's like we need to go to one person only and this is also just in our heads it's not always what people wish for Yeah, you're absolutely right. This is not a law of nature. It doesn't have to be one person. And I do feel, and this is something we are seeing, right, with the new Gen X coming into the Gen Z coming into the workspace and then Gen Alpha there, they have a very different concept of what a work should look like. And I think that this approach, this collaboration approach and sharing jobs and sharing responsibility is something that they would actually prefer. So I think what you're doing is really a preparation of of the workspace for, for, you know, the next generation. There's so many things we, I think we will have to change to make it more accessible for them and have them stay around. So this, I think job sharing is one of the big things that will probably grow in the next 10, 15 years. And talking about men, and I I totally agree, there are men who are collaborative and it's really our view of what companies should look like you know with the leader on top and the management and what that but there's also other approaches like team of teams and and which would enable that approach that you have much more and coming to that actually what are the kinds of industries where you see that there are more there's more change or more possibility for the women to or for the people share jobs where you have more part-time opportunities and where do you see bigger obstacles? Well, actually, usually we say there is no industry where job sharing is not possible. It just depends mm-hmm. on the people and it depends on the framework which is offered to the workforce. Mm-hmm. So that's point one. Point two, I think, and this is really my personal opinion, that it would be great for, and as we are in this podcast here, for industries that are very men dominated because usually where men work there is little part-time work available and women then tend to go into industries where they know there is part-time work available let's say trade so yes the traditional trade or let's say the the cliche hairdresser these branches these industries are already set up to offer more possibilities more flexibility in terms of working hours and they are set up like that already so Mm -hmm. if you go to let's say a Rewe or Spa enterprise they are expecting people to work in part-time because they can manage and coordinate and administer the entire business easier with part-time people. Mm -hmm. And let's go to, let's say, some technical or, I don't know, street building companies or energy industry or whatever. There are a lot of technicians, of engineers, and they are rather more male people than females. And there is a lot of full-time work available. And as a woman, when you say, okay, I'm planning to have a family sometime and where do I go and where do I have more possibilities to, you know, coordinate family and business, then I tend to choose an industry where I know it's going to be easier. 
I guess. Yeah, is such such a good point. And I never thought about this. Male-dominated industries have very little part-time. And which means that creating more part-time jobs would actually solve another problem that we are trying to solve at the same time. And that is getting more women into the space and making it more diverse because we obviously need more women to work in tech and in engineering. Because as we can see, we have this, this diversity issue here. And companies are really trying to hire more women. So this is actually an amazing approach to make that easier. You don't even say create part-time jobs. When you say I offer the possibility of job sharing, it implies that you have the chance to do part-time work, but you still fulfill a full-time role. And it's so mm -hmm. very important to all our HR people and to management and to all companies that there are full-time jobs and full-time roles and everything is like organized in full-time I understand that yes but we need flexibility in working hours it's also like if I want to work let's say during the night or on weekends it's just not possible so this is from a legal point just not possible but maybe if we would manage to you know have some more flexibility in everything and not this nine to five and we have meetings and la 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 so it's all a structural thing and job yeah. sharing is also just a structural thing if I say I have a role I want to be it have it fulfilled or or like done and mm -hmm. I just take two people instead of one it's a part-time offer even though I don't promote mm -hmm. part-time because it's very critical right now also from a political point of view so we don't want to promote part-time work we just Absolutely. want to make it yeah. work. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. We're not saying that we want to create part-time jobs. We want to give people the option to work part-time, which is a different thing. And just, you know, being able to say, okay, I do want to be in a full-time role or, so, or do a job that requires, you know, a full-time role, but I just want to work maybe 15 hours a week for the next 10, next year because I have something else going on on the side, whatever that is. It could be your own business. It could be a child. It could be whatever it is. You know, it doesn't have to matter. And I also feel that the pandemic has opened up a lot of possibilities, you know, because companies had to learn to be more flexible. What I'm also seeing is a strong push in the other direction now. Companies trying to make people go back to uh, the office and forcing them to be there. But I don't think they are having good results with that. And I don't think we will be going back to what it was before the pandemic. And in the long run, I'm pretty sure we will have to create a world that is flexible for everyone. So everyone, you know, can just live the life they want to live and not the life that companies want them to live, which is, you know, the nine to five and you go there in the morning and you come back in the evening and you have no time for anything else. Well, I understand, you know, people who say, okay, if we just focus on lifestyle and everyone is just, you know, this self-fulfilling purpose-driven way of thinking, I see that it looks like a problem for our economy but still we need healthy people we need happy people to get the work done we need effective people and I always question the amount of time I'm sitting somewhere and the output I bring when I sit there so I can sit there for eight hours and then I have a lunch break of, I don't know, 45 minutes. And then I have a coffee break with one colleague and a coffee break with the other. And then I, I don't know, I look out of the win window for some time. And then my productive work will be, I don't know, five to six hours, which we know this is actually the maximum that the person can work really concentrated 
on something for a day. And if I'm now a part-time mom and I take my job seriously and I say, okay, I'm coming five hours into the company and afterwards I have to go and take my kids, I experience very very often that the women rush into their work. They are working for five hours, very concentrated. Sometimes they don't even get a cup of coffee. They don't socialize. They don't network. They just have get the job done. And then they rush back to their kids. And I always wonder, you know, who is the more efficient workforce here? Or let's say at least the same or bring the same output, the same efficiency. And there are a lot of leaders and managers to say, I like to have part-time moms on my team because they are very efficient. Of course, there are some, you know, who take advantage of the system, take advantage of these part-time opportunities and stuff. But, you know, these people who take advantage of our social system, they are everywhere. They are in full-time jobs, Absolutely. they are in part-time yeah. jobs. It has nothing to do with how much you want to work and whether you need purpose or you just want money. There's always people who will game the system to get the best out of it. I absolutely agree that it has nothing to do with whether you're there the whole time or you work from home. If you look at the way people work, you know that people do not work eight hours a day. There are so many different things that just fill up the time. And in the end, if we are honest, probably it's five hours of productive work for everyone. And some will only work productively maybe three hours. I mean, just look at how many meetings there are where people are in the meetings where they have nothing to contribute. They just sit there because they have to go there. So is this is this working? We have to find that this is working. But honestly, is this working? So yeah. yeah. I'm actually a fan of thinking about new models and new folk areas, you know, because this meeting culture we have sometimes, it's really toxic. You're mm -hmm. sitting in meetings, you're actually bored, you cannot contribute. Sometimes you just switch off your camera and do whatever, or you are just there kind of half-minded because uh, during the online meeting, you're writing your emails and you're not just there. And this is kind of a real problem to identify which meetings I really have to attend to and, and, and things like that. Yeah. So this is kind of a very structural question and I think that there are a lot of companies who just cannot and cannot ask themselves because it would actually turn around their entire way of functioning. And so we yeah. always like patch up problems, you know, like spot on, which are just here. And we don't think, you know, whole picture and eagle perspective way of thinking because we don't have the energy and also the resources to just change everything. And that's why we actually want to offer the job sharing option as one model within the entire offer uh, of flexible models that there are. There is vacation now, there is home uh, office, there is four days, week constructions, and job sharing could be another option for people to come into their productive way of working and in yeah. their career planning. And um, I think it's very valuable for companies to, to tell also young people, you know, when you stay with us and you are going to have a family and you are going to have a kid, when you are coming back to our company, you will have the chance to follow your career path as if it was not interrupted because you can go back in job sharing. Yes. And this is something, I think it's also an employer branding argument. And we also offer, you know, employer branding, because I think this is a very, very crucial thing 
in terms of employee retention. It's not just recruiting, it's retention nowadays because we know that the young people, they are actually moving on after two years. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's always going to be a, a recruiting retention problem. And job sharing is an offer which is attractive for people who are able to be in this very small team. But still, there are people who are very productive in job sharing models. And I think we should think about models like that in order to make an attractive offer to the employees, to all employees, not just the young ones. I mean, yeah. sometimes we really discriminate against the longer employees. Yes. The we tend to ones. think more about the younger ones coming after us instead of the people who have Everyone been there loyally. Everyone is focusing on Gen Z yeah. now. Everyone is like, ah, how we attract Gen Z and what are we doing and what do we need to offer? But what are you offering to the longer staying employees in your company, the loyal ones, the ones who are staying, who have been staying with you for years and years. And then just the new talents are coming and the, how are they called high potentials? Mm-hmm. But what does that do to the motivation to your existing employees? Yeah, that's a very good point. You have to circle back and also look at the entire workforce, not just those who are new, because, you know, you might demotivate them as well and they might leave and then you have the retention problem yourself. Let me just summarize something that that I heard. I think what you're saying is that as we move from this time-driven work to an output-driven workplace, which is happening. Companies are looking more at the output, at the productivity, and not whether you're behind us in a chair somewhere. As we move into this world, we need like a basket of options for people to work flexibly. And that could be remote work, that could be a vacation. But one of the options in that basket is job sharing. I think this is a great point to end our conversation. But if you would have a tip for people who want to advocate in their companies for job sharing or, you know, for a change in that direction, what would you tell them to to talk to their managers about? Hmm, That's a good question, actually. I think it has a lot to do with motivating people, with giving options to the team members, to the workforce to choose freely how they work and then get the best out of it because of course we need we need to have some output in the company we need to be profitable we need to have some products to produce or whatever but this is always going to work through the workforce and the people and not just the machines and the robotics and whatever is in use so if you manage to have your people motivated, healthy, physically and mentally, then you will get the output that you need. And I advocate for job sharing in terms of the fact that we have a lot of part-time people and we have have a lot of, you know, demand in part-time, more part-time work. And I see that it that it's a problem for many companies that now also the dads and the men and the older people are working in part-time and I see that's a problem for our economy and this could be something to differentiate yourself and your company from the others that you have an offer like that also for people you know who who uh, go into this part-time work for elderly people oh I don't know yeah yeah I know what you mean so yeah you can go into uh, senior part-time in Austria that's I think that's a specific Um, thing in Austria Hmm? and in Germany I mean there are millions and millions of people you know who have the offer of this part-time model Mm -hmm. and 
it would also be a solution for these guys, you know, to keep them motivated for the five years they can go into this part-time mm -hmm. model. And we need just to activate the workforce. And it's yeah. what I always say, you know, also in a political sense, it doesn't make sense just to condemn the part-time as such, but to make the part-time as effective and efficient as possible. And here is a model, you know, who can fulfill both the yeah. demand for part-time and the demand for fulfilling full-time roles. And that's it. Yes, thank you for that, Sigrid. I think uh, job sharing is a way to, you know, make more complex jobs available to people who want to work only a part of their time. And this will be something that will make employers more interesting to certain people, definitely younger, but also older. And it will also be something that I think a lot of people who just want to balance out their work and life would appreciate. So thank you for doing this. And thank you for creating a company that focuses on that. And thank you for coming to my podcast. It's been a pleasure talking to you. Thank you very much for the invitation. It was a real pleasure and it's been fun. Thanks.